Panthers. Welcome to the official leadership podcast. This is Behind the Mask. Hi, I'm Sophia, the director. And I'm Margot, the chief editor. And I'm Kai Chen, the distance editor. And I'm Irene, the media manager. So today, as a part of our Black Lives Matter series this month, we are going to be covering racism's effect on mental health, including the subtopics of what is redlining, access to mental health services, anti-discrimination laws and resources, and how discrimination can affect mental health. So... Today's daily quote is, I look at an ant and I see myself, a native South African endowed by nature with a strength much greater than my size, so I might cope with the weight of racism that crushes my spirit. And this is spoken by Miriam McCaba. Make sure to monitor your emotions when streaming our episodes and to seek professional guidance if you're feeling depressed or anxious. And with those reminders in mind, we'd like to continue with our episode. So we really need to go back to the 1930s. So loan programs back then were created to help Americans finance their homes. But to decide who got those loans, the government created a color-coded map system. And in short, was just a way of almost segregating African-Americans and white people. So the color-coded maps were red for the neighborhoods that couldn't get loans and green for the areas that could get loans. And naturally the red areas were populated by African-Americans and other minorities. And the green areas were populated by white people, by Caucasian people. So this would naturally mean that the people that live in the green areas would be more successful, could buy more property, and more businesses could be there. They would basically prosper, while the red areas would sort of stay where they were in poverty. And naturally, the effects of this are still here today. And this is just one of the many things that's built up to this movement. There has been a lot of stigma and discrimination towards minorities and mental health services. As a result, many don't get the proper access to mental health services that they deserve. Data shows that most people who wait longer than average before receiving care are more likely to be youth, elderly, poorly educated, or a member of a racial slash ethnic minority. Black people are over four times more likely to be detained under the Mental Health Act. And NHS data from England shows there were at least 50,893 new detentions under the Mental Health Act in 2019 to 2020. But the overall total will be higher as not all providers submitted data. Of those detentions, 5,336 people were Black or Black British. The data also shows that in 2019, there were 321 detentions per 100,000 
population for people who were Black or Black British, while there were 73 detentions per 100,000 for white people. This is a significant moment in how we support those with serious mental health issues, which will give people more control over their care and will tackle disparities for all who access services, in particular for people with minority ethnic backgrounds. To add to this, redlining has made it incredibly challenging for many ethnic minorities to access stable mental health services. The problem of redlining and discrimination and its effect on people of ethnic minority needs to be understood and brought to our awareness in our school community. It's interesting how all of these things are both nationwide in the U.S. and also extend beyond our nation and our international issues. Um, and it remains evident that race and racism in America and worldwide has always been something that we need to tackle. And I'm glad that we've, that people have found the voice to tackle it now. And it's beautiful to be witnessing this moment in our history. Okay, so next I will head on to my topic. So my topic is just the laws about anti-discrimination. Uh, so the laws in history about anti-discrimination, uh, there are several of them. So the first one was Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act. So Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act, as amended, protects employees and job applicants from employment discrimination based on the race, color, region, sex, and natural origin. Title VII protection covers the full spectrum of employment decisions, including recruitment, selections, terminations, and other decisions concern concerning terms and conditions of employment. So the second one is Equal Pay Act. The Equal Pay Act protects men and women from sex-based wage discrimination in the payment of wages and benefits who perform substantially equal work in the same establishments. Uh, so this one is easy to understand. And the next one is Age Discrimination in Employment Act. So this act, as amended, so it protects persons 40 years of age or older from age-based employment discrimination. The Older Workers Benefit Protection Act amends several selections of the of this act and established conditions for a waiver of this act's protections. So the next one is Rehabilitation Act of 1973. So selections 501 and 505 uh, of the Rehabilitation Act as amended protecting employees and job applicants from employment discrimination based on disability. This law covers qualified employees and job applicants with disabilities. It also requires federal agencies to make reasonable accommodation of any known disabilities unless such accommodation will cause an undue hardship. And the final one 
was the Civil Rights Act. So the Civil Rights Act of 1991 amends several selections of Title VII to strengthen and improve federal civil rights laws and provide for the recovery of compensatory damage in federal sector cases of intentional employment discrimination. I want to preface by saying that being a white person, I will never understand the true toll of racism in America. I will never understand the grief, anguish, and trauma that ties along with it. And racism is exactly that, trauma. And that's where it begins to tie in this, into the seemingly different narrative of mental health. As with redlining, this trauma is both generational and individual and everything in between. And this trauma compounds because the foundation of this country was built on black lives, yet these systems were specifically crafted to exclude and just dehumanize them. And it goes without saying that too much of this country's history is detestable. And so we're left with a broken world, a world in which black people are 20% more likely to report severe mental illness compared to white people and a world that through these aforementioned systems denies people sufficient mental health services due to their race. And those limited mental health services even still likely carry a bias leading to under, over, and misdiagnosis. And like anything, this issue is multi-layered and complex. But in reality, it shouldn't be. Health is fundamental and that it drives life. And like anything, this issue is multi-layered and complex. But in reality, it shouldn't be. Health is fundamental and that it drives life. And mental health, an integral component of health, wills that life into flourishing. And that's what Black History Month is about, celebrating Black lives, history, and art. That is why we're talking about this topic today, because these injustices need to be known and people's voices need to be heard. At the most basic level, we must realize that everyone has the right to live and to flourish, and by doing so, begin to implement these new practices that allow for this. And we must find our own ways and our own forms of allyship and pushing for change in our society, because ignorance must be systematically broken down for progress for us to have progress. And in doing so, we must recognize our own ignorance and learn to listen because none of us is perfect. And so we understand the importance of passing the mic regarding this topic. So unless anything else needs to be said or anyone here feels that anything else needs to be said regarding this, we'd like to share a story from one of our JLS students. So we would like to mention that the story does contain mentions of death and police brutality. Please listen to this at your own discretion and monitor your emotions while listening. And finally, take a break should you need to.
We interviewed Sione, a sixth grader here at JLS earlier about his experience protesting in solidarity with Black Lives Matter protesters in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, describing the experience of protesting as powerful. He recounted the ache he felt as he knelt in silence for the eight minutes, 46 seconds that George Floyd was suffocated. In reflecting on the protest, he expressed the concern for the younger for the younger generation being brought up in a world fraught with discrimination, yet still maintain hope as he had seen them becoming educated and active in the movement at a younger age. He himself had been involved in some way or another since the death of Lando Castillo. Remembering his education surrounding equality, beginning the beginning in kindergarten with Martin Luther King. He mentioned that he would like to see change in the general public and see the world realize that unity, regardless of one's skin color, disabilities, or other difference, is achievable and necessary. In the future, he hopes to fund charities relating to the Black Lives Matter movement, organize BLM protests, and continue to raise awareness through social media in hopes of seeing this realization actualized. He says he dreams of a world in which his younger sister and little cousins will not have to cope with the weight of racism in an unaccepting world. Ultimately, he doesn't know where the movement will go, but wants to continue fighting for justice and equality for however long necessary. And as a final thought, he wants us to share that he does have hope for the future and hope for each and every individual striving for equality. Yeah, I just, I think uh, discrimination and racism is just such a hard topic to talk about. And so that's why I feel like this, this podcast is trying to uncover these topics. And I think it is so amazing that Sione felt comfortable sharing his experience protesting and his views on racism with us because we don't get to hear a lot of how many youth feel about racism. We hear the adults in our lives and the leaders in our world talk about it in ways that are moving and it, it, it but it is a whole other perspective listening to someone younger and a youth in our community talk about it and it, it is so important to remember the impact that it's having on everyone and yeah i do think it's brave to share a story like this especially with all these tragedies and atrocities happening throughout the U.S. And it is really important to hear youth's voices because they bring out another perspective that's so often unheard, but it's just as necessary because as we see in the news, even minors are being killed because of police brutality. And it's something that can't go ignored and it's something that we need to to address because these things and these 
prejudices start at a young age and they only compound and become worse as people age until they become deadly in some cases. And that's why we really need to demystify this conversation surrounding race at a young age. And as Margot said, that is why we're doing this. And that's why we're having this conversation now. Yeah, and I remember when we were interviewing Sioni, he shared that um, he wanted to see the most change in public schools, hospitals, and workplaces, and other general public areas. And I just, I loved how he brought up schools because it directly relates to youth. And it is hard for many to realize that racism and segregation is still a large part of schools and the school system. And even if it's not necessarily out of school, but the whole education system of of applying for colleges and the resources and the mental health resources and all that add up to the the well-rounded education that everyone deserves it is highly discriminative and many don't realize that and so it is just so important to act on it and address that these problems are so relevant to today and a lot of us living in Palo Alto may not realize it but it does happen in Palo Alto too in the Bay Area in California and it it is a large part of our world. Education is such a large part. Discrimination, unfortunately, is a large part of our world. And it is time to start changing that. And I, I think, yeah, there's just so much change that needs to be made in school systems and healthcare facilities and many other public places that uh, Sione had mentioned. Exactly. And the fact that youth are paying attention to this and are aware of this is just the next step towards changing the world. You know, we start with our public facilities, but eventually this message will spread. And hopefully soon the world will start changing and their ideas will shift. Discrimination is really a big part of the world now. So we really need to do some changes. Forward, uh, so I hope the world will be better, as Irene said. Yeah, and as as all of you have really said, and all of you have mentioned, education is the foundation of our values, and we are constantly being educated, whether formally, such as in schools, or informally. We gain these insights or we gain even these prejudices and prejudice ideas through all of these different forms of education. And it's really important that we take the time to acknowledge that we have, whether consciously or unconsciously been really internalizing these and we need to start breaking down this ignorance through the same method by which we gained it, which is education.
And that does start in the public sector and that does start in education and healthcare and everything else. Yeah, this is just, I am so glad that Sione felt brave enough to meet up with us and share about his experience uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I do hope that you viewers out there feel that way as well. So if you are listening to this and you do have experience, maybe it's not with racism or discrimination or the Black Lives Matter movement, Maybe it's with another issue that you wish we would talk about or uh, go back to. Uh, please feel free to share them in our anonymous Google Forms or reach out to us. Um, and yeah, we really hope to hearing your experiences and really communicating with our community that we've built. And this is really exciting. So yeah, thank you for listening to us today and. Thank you, Sione, if you're listening to this, um, for meeting with us. Make sure to monitor your emotions while listening to any of our episodes and seek professional guidance if you are feeling depressed or anxious. Feel free to share your own stories and experiences with our Google form located on our website. This form is completely confidential, but if you wish to come on air with our team, that is also encouraged. Yeah, so as we've said, all of these issues are incredibly important and they're relevant to the time that we're going through right now. And they've always been relevant because they've always been issues. But we've only now, I think more people have started to recognize their own place in racism and enabling racism. And that's really the point of this episode is to raise awareness about a unrecognized part of it because we hear about the trauma that goes along with racism and we've researched the trauma, but we've never really understood the tie between mental health and racism to a more deep level. Those are my final thoughts, if anyone else has anything to share. Yeah, I think it is important to remember that I don't think any of us, any um, the four of us, have really the place to talk a lot about that. That is why you may have noticed this episode, the, how we cover it, has been quite brief because we personally do not feel as comfortable as we did with a lot of the other topics talking about this, but we do feel like this is such an important topic and problem that is relevant in the Bay Area and in Palo Alto. And it is something that I think all middle schoolers should understand and any person should understand. Make sure to reach out and seek professional guidance from a trusted adult or friend if you or anyone you know may need help. Today we are featuring the Black Lives Matter movement.
Thanks for listening. This is Behind the Mask. Thank you.